How do you put up with these two? My answer, good snacks and video games. Hey, you guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 423 now of the Ron and Don Show. And you, oh, yeah, it is summertime in Seattle, and we are live from the Les Schwab Studios. I, I didn't get the memo on summertime. What's up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, we're going to talk about uh, James Cameron uh, making some more Avatar movies. And there's one thing that he wants you to know he doesn't give up about yeah also paul rudd ant-man why has he been reaching out to kids and one kid in particular telling them that things are gonna get better before we get to that though let's get to this seahawks are they gonna get better and the fact that the seahawks did not pick up baker mayfield i think it tells us that the seahawks are mailing in this season They don't want to win a lot of games because what happens when you don't win a lot of games is you move up in the draft. They have lots of draft choices because of all the draft picks they got when Russell Wilson went to Denver. And as a result of that, I think they will sit idle. In fact, some of their draft choices this year where they picked up two tackles, the left and the right tackle. It takes about a season typically to even break those guys in. So I think the Seahawks are probably going to be 4-12 this year. I think it'll be one of their worst seasons ever. And at the same time, I think they're trying to reload in the same way they did back in 2013 and they took that Super Bowl run. You have to remember the year they won the Super Bowl, Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner, you could pick those guys up. They paid him a million dollars collectively together. Each guy made about 500 grand because they were under their rookie contracts. In fact, all the guys are playing for cheap. When you look back at the Legion of Boom, yeah, Legion of Boom wasn't getting paid anything. Then they win the Super Bowl. Those guys are no longer rookies. And then they spread out through the NFL, and they end up, well, not playing that well when they got away from the Seattle Seahawks. So, Ron, what say you about a throwaway year? Because I think the problem with Baker Mayfield is they probably would have been a 500 team. And the Seahawks won't come out and say this. They don't want to be a 500 team. They don't want to win a lot of games. They are playing this year to get to next year. What are your What are your thoughts? I think it's interesting how the mind works. When you have a success, you look back and you take all the credit for it and you frame it up in your mind. And I'm talking about John Schneider now, uh, the general manager, and I'm talking about the coach, Pete Carroll. If you really remember back to when they drafted Russell Wilson in the second round, Charlie Whitehurst was the starting quarterback. Nobody believed in Russell Wilson. Nobody thought, hey, this is going to be a a future Super Bowl winning quarterback, uh, possibly a Hall of Famer. And and despite what my personal feelings about him, he's a fantastic football player and has won a championship, almost won another, uh, except for that, that wacky last play. But now when you look, but at the beginning, they didn't say, hey, come right out of college. You're going to be our starter. Let's do this thing. They paid Charlie Whitehurst, I think, something like $13 million. That's right. And then he ended up sitting on the bench because the Seahawks had no idea what, if Russell Wilson was going to be a starter or not. 
And they happened to, to, to just get lucky there. They got lucky with Richard Sherman. They got lucky with Earl Thomas. Uh, when you look at the, that draft, it was a phenomenal draft. But now I think the narrative that John Schneider has built in his mind and that, and that Pete Carroll has built in their mind is we are draft gurus. We can look what we did before. We're going to do it again. And we knew this all along. We knew that Richard Sherman and that the Legion of Boom and that Russell Wilson, we knew that they were possible future Hall of Famers, and, and we got this. Well, what, what have they done since then, really? Um, they drafted Tyler Lockett. He turned out to be a decent player, not a, and he's not a Hall of Famer. D, DK Metcalf, great talent. Uh, whether or not he continues to blossom, we don't know. But they traded for Marshawn Lynch. Marshall Lynch was in Buffalo. So I think there's this narrative, at least from the outside looking in, there's this narrative in, in the camp that, uh, hey, we got this. We're going to draft our way out of this. We're the draft gurus. Look at my track record. These are the guys that I drafted. I can do it again. Well, well what, what would you do, though? Because Russell Wilson wanted out. They didn't want him out. He wanted out. Right. The Seahawks did not have a lot of draft picks. Uh, they had spent them, to your point, uh, a number of years ago. And and so when the Russell Wilson trade was forced and they ended up with all these draft picks, I th- I think it's smart to punt on a season. I think it's smart to tank a season. You just can't tell the public that you're doing that. You can't you surely can't tell season ticket holders that you're doing that. But you can see by them they they haven't gone after any quarterback other than the quarterback that they already have. And, and you know what you have in a backup quarterback. You have a backup quarterback. Right. So. No, I agree with you that it's a punt of a season. But to, to think that you're going to draft an, another an, a quarterback uh, the way they got lucky with Russell. The, the Russell Wilson pick was lucky. If you go, go back and just look at all the quarterbacks that were drafted, Matthew Stafford, like 12 years, like he was the wonder kid coming out of college, gets drafted, I think, number one or two overall. And then it takes him like a decade to have any sort of real success. Like well, they would win games. Come on, man. He was in Detroit. Detroit I understand killed, that. Detroit kills every football player that comes out I, of college. I'm just saying. So, there's a, so as, as soon as he got out of Detroit, he went and won a Super Bowl. As, and he'll probably win another one this year. As many quarterbacks that we think are going to be great, there are as many quarterbacks that they draft You know what? You make a good busted. point, though, because they look at the NFC West. They see it stacked. You see the Rams going out. And they're doing what the Seahawks did a number of years ago. They're, they're spending all their draft capital. They're spending all their money. And they're saying, this is our run. This is our window. Let's see if we can win two or three because at the end of the day, everybody's under the same salary cap and, and you, you just try to make that run when the window's open and, and the cycle is yours. And the cycle is just not the Seattle Seahawks yeah. cycle right now. It belongs to, it, 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 it belongs to the LA Rams. I agree a, with you. I, I think I would have been surprised if they won six games, but you're right. Four games is probably yeah. the, the right number. <laughs> uh, and we're just going to have to weather it out. And, and I, I do feel a little vindicated because back in the day when you couldn't get a seat, you couldn't get a ticket, and we were on this run, you and I both loudly and proudly proclaimed, enjoy this. Because the NFL, unless your name is Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, uh, is cyclical. And we're going to have this little peak. And then we're going to be back to the Seahawk fans where you had a garbage bag over your head sitting up in the third tier. Yeah. Hey, you guys, don't go anywhere. You're about to hear from uh, one of our great, great clients. And then we'll see you in one minute on the other side of this. 
you can just tell that they uh, that they're just real genuine guys and and care about uh, who they work with and just feel like we you know we got we got some some more friends now. It truly is one of life's biggest transactions. If you're downsizing, upsizing, or right sizing, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit down. Hi, I'm Oli. Hi, I'm Emmy. Hi, I'm John Greenland. I'm Lauren Greenland. Hi, my name is uh, Anthony Kroll. Hi, I'm Gretchen. And I'm Byron. And we sat down with, with Ron and Don. They were more prepared. They paid way more attention to detail. Um, and then they just came in with a, with a lot more knowledge and were able to set those expectations up a lot better than um, some of the previous uh, realtors that we worked with. So, I mean, I was I was extremely pleased with uh, the the entire, uh, the sit down, the, the experience and, and the results, of course. There was a friendship that developed and a, and, and a trust. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say a trust and then, you know, we yeah. have, we love them. It's been a hell of a lot of fun for one thing. I see them as, as friends now. I feel like they've made me feel part of this community and knowing that, you know, Dawn's just down the street is, is comforting. <laughs> we totally consider Ron and Dawn friends of ours now and we do miss working with them. It was intense there for a little bit. But it's an experience that we'll always remember and have and um, and now lifelong friends. It's the Ron and Don Nation. That's right. <laughs> Don't forget, when you're ready to sit down and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. Don't go anywhere unless you want to. It's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me, at ronanddon.com. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. Uh, this story hits me close to home. James Cameron, who you know, uh, put together put together a pretty great movie in Titanic, and, and, and what are some other movies that James Cameron has done? Yeah, Avatar did Titanic. I think he was part of the Terminator movies back in the day yeah and if you ever have a chance on the national geographic channel to look at all the research he did in order uh to help write and direct the movie titanic he he went to titanic you do it to this day whenever don's on a boat he goes to the front of the boat he leans out over the bow and then he says i am king of the world (laughs) unfortunately there's no beautiful uh kate winslet that, that curls up behind him but He's still he's still trying. I can say I'm king of the spin bike. I took them all down yesterday. Came in first. Nice. Yeah, on my stationary bike at home. <laughs> Racing like uh, Jethro, who's like 67 in New Orleans. I took him down last night. So uh, anyway, I, I think it's kind of interesting. He is writing, directing, putting together the last Avatar movies. I guess there's four in all. And there's already some people kind of squawking and saying, hey, these Avatar movies are between three and three and a half hours. Three, three and a half hours. And he said, you know what? I don't give a fudge. And he said the word. He said, I don't care. He said, when I look at all these Marvel movies, uh, when I look at all the movies that everybody goes to see, they're all around three hours. And he said, also, when you sit down and you watch something like Ozark, you'll sit there and you'll watch a whole season of it. So why wouldn't you sit down and watch an Avatar movie for three, three and a half hours? F you, says James Cameron. What say you about a three and a half hour Avatar movie? I, well, to and, me, is, and, is, and is James Cameron right? 
I mean, we'll see. He he has he's had more success in movies than I've had. So True. like like he knows what he's doing. I the, the, here's the difference for me on television versus movies. When I'm watching Ozark, I probably pause each episode four or five times. Like I'll watch the first 15, 20 minutes, pause, I'll go to the bathroom, you pause, you take a phone call, you can pause and check your phone, pause, make some popcorn. So like an hour, I I don't sit there and just uninterrupted go back to back to back episodes. Even when you say, oh, I'm binging this show. For me, it's very rare that I'll just roll like uninterrupted roll one into the next and the next. When you go to a movie theater, uh, and I went to see that Spider-Man multiverse, you know, you need a scorecard to understand what's happening movie. With the three Spider-Mans? With the three Spider-Mans and three universes and three timelines. And like, I, I probably half of the references flew over my head. Yeah. I'm sitting there. There are times in the theater. I was like, God, I wish I could pause this. <laughs> it's like, I don't know what's going on. Uh, I need to go to the bathroom. You need to sit next to Gunnar O'Neill so he can explain it. Oh, man. So... It's a different experience to sit in a theater and go three and a half. It really is. Now, hopefully there's some sort of intermission uh, or whatever, but uh, because people need to get up out of their chair. and It's very rare. I, I don't think you couldn't sit in a chair for three and a half hours. Could, could you watch a movie for three and a half hours? I, it's hard for you to sit still for three and a half minutes. I can't see. I could pay you a thousand dollars, and you probably couldn't get well, through three I think and a half sh- hours. I think it shows you as he was making this Avatar movie, and I think for a lot of people that were creating movies specifically during COVID, I think they just kind of gave up on the movie theater, and they said, "You know what? We're creating in-home experiences." And your point is the point that the article made that when you're watching something at home, or you're streaming something, or you're binging something, you have the ability to stop, go have dinner. Uh, go to work, come back to it later tonight. You, you have the ability to, to just sit there and stop and go. And, and the movie theater experience is a different experience. And I think a lot of movie creators are looking at what Minions just did, box office smash, and then they're also looking at what Tom Cruise has done at the time that we're recording this, $1.1 billion worldwide. I still haven't seen it. Yeah, and Top Gun <laughs> Maverick is not slowing down. It, 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 it continues to go. And even in that movie, there were parts of it where you're like, hey, let, let, you know, let's get going here. Let, let, let's get going. As much as we all love the nostalgia of it, there, there were some points where you're going, this could go a little faster. So I think it's really interesting. In the age of TikTok, And if you've taken any classes or any courses on radio, for instance, or podcast, you're supposed to get to the topic right away. Don't do a big and just get to the topic. And we do that. When you hear us come on, I I threw out two things and then I third and and then we started talking about the third thing and then boom 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 we just we start moving through the information which, which is weird because so, when we broke into the business there was a specific show that both of you and I listened to and they would meander around for sometimes forty minutes off the top of their show yeah but it was I enjoyed it plus there was nothing else to listen and, to and you were nothing else to listen you weren't going to go to a podcast there was right. no internet radio there were no other choices and now that there's other choices the, they the get other to thing, tell me the same, you, so let me finish my thought the same on tiktok they say you know if you put up a facebook story the limit on a facebook story is 26 seconds so you have to be able to tell a story in 26 seconds can you do that with pictures can you do that with video can you do that with music they want it in 26 seconds 
They say the best TikToks are less than 15 and really between six and nine seconds. And we learned that when people started doing lots of vines out there. So I, I think it's interesting that you we have a younger generation and then a lot of adults too that are enjoying TikTok six to nine seconds. And then at the same time, here comes James Cameron going, hey, here's my three and a half hour movie. I'm wondering if this has happened to you because I, I find myself uh, for the, for at least... I think the majority of my life I was very into movies and now I, there is some shift has happened where like, like for instance, I'm, I'm, I just started the new stranger things, uh, season four and I, I intend on watching it. But like last night I sat down, I was like, okay, do I want to watch a stranger things episode right now? And really have to pay attention. I got to pay attention to these storylines, pay attention to the characters. There's a lot of moving pieces in this show or, um, I'll pull up YouTube and I'll watch sort of like a woodworking video or, you know, the channels that I follow where it's going to be 10 minutes, maybe 12 minutes long. I really don't have to track anything. Like it's very self-explanatory. If a guy is making a table, I watch him make the table and then it's over and my, it sort of gives my mind a second to settle down or to calm down. And so you watch a couple of those and then I'm ready to call it a night in a sense instead of going, okay, I've been paying attention to my life all day long. Now I'm going to pay attention to this show. And for whatever reason, my mind has drifted in that direction um, until I'm in the mindset of, now I'm ready to sit down, hunker down, yeah. and really pay attention. Well, to the I think characters. I think going back to it, he made Avatar for streaming services. They had no idea. Everybody thought the big picture show at the movie theater was dead. It's not because people want to get out. They want to be around other humans. Uh, they want to go somewhere and eat some popcorn that somebody else made. People people just want to get out and about, and that's what a movie theater does for people now. My son and I recently have gone to see a couple movies and. Uh, and the movie theater has been very busy, not packed, but but very busy. So I so so I think in his mind, he's like, yeah, I'm not making this for movie theaters. I'm I'm making this for streaming services, and I expect that people are going to get up, go to the bathroom, grab a bite to eat, and come back to it. I, I I'll close with this in this segment. This is the way that I binge watch, like uh, like Ozark. I waited for the final seasons to come out, and what I do is I will watch the beginning of an episode. Uh. And, 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 and then I'll watch something in the middle. So I'll watch episode one. Then maybe I'll jump to episode five. And if episode of five, five is interesting, then I'll watch the end. So I don't watch all the episodes because... The end of the season or the end of the series? Yeah, just the end of the, the series. Then I jump right to the end and I just watch it. And then I'm done and then I can move on. That's how I binge watch. Because I don't... I don't Because everything in between is just fluff. They do a great job at always resetting. So you can sit down and just watch the end and, it, and you're watching the beginning too. You're watching the whole thing. You don't want the journey. No, I just want F the, destination. the journey F, F James Cameron and F the journey. We will see you on the other side of this. Hey, Ron and Don here with Mitch.loans. You can go there and get a loan and still save half a percent on the value of your loan. Mitch, interest rates have gone up and then they've gone up again. What does that mean for people buying a house? They have gone up and they're supposed to keep going up. So what it means is jump now, lock in that rate, and be happy that you did when rates get up to six, six and a half percent in a couple months here. Wow. 
Is that where is that where they're going? Six six and a half. That's where they're going. That's what everyone's saying, and uh, and we believe them because the Fed's going to keep hiking rates, and we're going to keep hiking rates to go along with them. All right. So how how, how does how does a lock in work when you say lock it in? How, what, what what does that mean? So when you lock in your rate, it means that you have gotten an accepted offer on a home, and at that day you get to choose your loan terms. You get a percent down, and you lock in an interest rate, which means for the life of your loan, you have that rate. It's not going to change. So even though it still could be going up before you actually close on that property, you're locked in. You're locked into that. You're rate. locked in for life. Yeah. All right, let's go to Mitch Loans right now. If you're thinking about buying a house, he has a special program for Ron and Don Nation listeners where you can get one half of percent of the value of your loan. He can tell you all about those terms. Go to Mitch.Loans right now. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. Don't forget, if you need us, if you're a buyer, a seller, or you're an investor, uh, we are in some really great ebooks for people, right? We have. You can email me directly, ron at ronanddon.com, or just go to our website, ronanddonsitdown.com. And I got to tell you, I was out with some buyers uh, just yesterday, and one of them was like, how come stuff is not, we're not seeing multiple bids? Why, why is this house on the market for 27 days? And he's like, when, when I bought my house in Woodenville, man, we, were, we beat out eight people. Uh, I had to go really high above the list price. And, and it was like, I was elbowing people to get in there. And I said, well, the, the market has changed. And he's like, so what does it mean if there's not 10 bids? And I was like, it means that it's less competitive. And you're probably going to get a better price. Well, what's wrong with the house? Doesn't mean anything's wrong with the house. So there has been a shift. If you've been trying to be a buyer for the past couple of years and been sidelined by the competition or the escalations, if by and large, that has gone away. So if you want to jump in now, uh, your mortgage interest rates can be a little different and we can talk about that, but email me and let's, let's go buy something. Yeah. And I always tell people, you're never going to hear anyone say, you know what? I went out and built a huge amount of wealth because back in 2022, before interest rate and interest rates have actually come down twice now. So they're back down the fives, uh, which tells you a, a recession and inflation is on the horizon. So, so which, which is a good thing. That's how you make your money in a recession and inflation. And you, you, you want that. You want the market to be volatile. You don't want it to be a straight up spaceship. Then there, there's, there, there's, there's no room for volatility and volatility is, is, is when you lean in and you get after it. But but you, you don't hear a lot of people say, you know, back in 2022, I built a lot of wealth because I went out and I hunted an interest rate, and I was at 3.7. And then I was about to buy this other house, but I was so smart because it was at 5.2, and I didn't, I didn't end up buying that property. Uh, I have never heard anyone say that they built a great amount of wealth because they got a great interest rate. It's just not true. So it's very, very important for us to all understand money, even at five or 6%, as Ron always says, and I like it, that, that, that's kind of what money is supposed to cost anyway. And we were all getting away with something when those interest rates were you know, just about zero. And that can't last forever. You don't want it to last forever. And we knew at some point we were going to have to financially pay for COVID. And, and here it is. So if you're a buyer, seller, investor, this is not the time to run away. This is the time to run to it, right? These, this is where you're going to find opportunities. And it is true, whether it's in relationships or the piece of real estate, 
or the last steak that's on the grill, we all want what we can't have, or we all want what somebody else wants. And when we're looking around and somebody else doesn't want it, we're like, huh, what is going on here? And it scares the hell out of us. So that's why it's so important to lean into it, educate yourself, and understand how people have really built wealth over time. And it's during these times. The house that I'm sitting in right now, I bought in the last downturn for $485,000. It sat on the market for six months. It's a 900-square-foot house on Queen Anne. It's not today uh, because I built something different on this property. But that house today, if you look at Zillow and Redfin, because it still thinks the old house is sitting here, that old house is worth $1.7 million. And I bought it in the downturn. So it may go down a little bit. It's not going back to 485, you guys. It's just not. It may dip down to 14 or 1.5 or somewhere in there, but it's not going back to 485. So, so what you're doing now is you're looking for that opportunity. What is that house today? Or what is that property that is, quote unquote, the $485,000 uh, property that I bought back in 2010 in the latest downturn? And uh, that's what you're on the hunt for. So before we get out of here, I thought a really cool story with uh, Paul Rudd, Ant-Man. Do you ever watch uh, Ant-Man? You are Mr. Marvel. I think, no, I've never seen Ant-Man. I've seen the trailer. Yeah. He he plays, he's Ant-Man, right? He's Paul Ant- Rudd? He's, he's a great Ant-Man. He is so, I love Paul Rudd. Yeah. He's, he, he is. A, he Him is, and Ryan Reynolds are the, my two favorite superheroes. He is, yeah. yeah Ryan yeah. Reynolds is the other guy, the. Ryan Reynolds in Deadpool. Deadpool. That's who he is. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, you know what Ryan Reynolds said about Deadpool? He said, I know I'm walking around and it just looks like I have a really cheap condom on as a costume. He said, but the writing was so good and so quick and so fast. It's what made the movie great. Yeah, made he's it funny. Hit, as long as you have great writing. Anyway, anyway, I appreciate some of the stars out there, including uh, Paul Rudd. There was a young boy going through a hard time, uh, especially towards the end of the year when you're trying to get other kids to sign your yearbook. And you get into those junior high years, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, where kids are going through puberty, uh, and there a lot of them don't, a lot of them have haven't developed a lot of empathy yet, and 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 also you don't have those filters on, and you end up saying stuff or doing stuff to other kids sometimes that can just be crushing. And I know for my son, he's been on both both ends of that, and I watch that as a parent. So anyway. Young boy, really going through a hard time. And Paul Rudd reached out. And, and I appreciated the fact when he reached out to him as Ant-Man, because this young man really loved Ant- Ant-Man. And, and again, going th- through a process where kids don't want to sign your yearbook and some other things. And he said, you know what? It, it gets better. And it really does. For anyone listening out there right now that is a sixth grader, sixth grade sucks. It does. Sixth grade was the worst grade for me. I remember we were moving from uh, uh, between fifth grade and sixth grade from Illinois to New Mexico. I get to New Mexico. I don't have any friends. Puberty puberty starts hitting. It hit me early. It's hitting my son late. It's just awkward and weird. Uh, girls still kick you when you get on the bus and you want to sit next to them. At least you had them. really cool glasses, though. What's that? Did you have glasses then? Oh, yeah. The rec specs, the whole <laughs> thing. So so anyway, just if you're listening right now and you're a sixth grader, I agree with Paul Rudd, Ant-Man. I just want you to know it gets better. And I appreciate, too, as parents, we can't go out and fix everything for our kids. We can't, nor should we, nor do we want to. Uh, we really need to give them room to make mistakes to hurt, to fail, 
to see what it is like to have uh, friendship sour, to, to experience all those things. And instead of fixing those things for him, allowing them to go through that. And, and the rule that I have in my house, if it's causing my son trauma, then I step in. If it's causing him a little drama, then I let him deal with it. Because at some point, I'm not going to be around, and he's going to have to deal with all these complex feelings. So, hey, guys, thanks for listening to the Ron and Don Show. We really appreciate you. If you want to get in touch with us, how do you do it? Ron at ronanddon.com, or you can go Don at ronanddon.com, or just go to the website, ronanddonsitdown.com. Yeah, don't forget, if you want the nation news, it's a newsletter we sent out. Ron writes it, I write it, maybe three times a month. Uh, you can go to Ron and Don Sit Down and grab that. And if you want to sit down with us, if you're thinking about buying and selling now, or as we head into the fall, the winter months, the holidays, Reach out to us now because this is a time, especially buyers, if you've been sitting on the fence. Yeah, interest rates may be a little higher, but prices are going to be a little lower, right? Kind of cancels that out. So anyway, reach out to us, ronandonsitdown.com. We could do a virtual sit-down today. All right. Thanks for listening on this Monday. Appreciate you, unless you're listening on another day. Uh, We'll be back. For a couple more episodes this week, you keep your head up, shoulders back. Hope you're having a great summer in Seattle. You're listening to the Ron and Don Show. Olay on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back. And keep blowing that trumpet, and we'll see you next time. Only. 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 Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network.